This episode is sponsored by VTech. On today's episode of Heads in the Cloud, I'm joined by John Roth. Hey, David. Not Grant Potter. We're going to be talking to Dave Gilbert. Uh, we're going to be talking about hats, salt Weirdness. pepper shakers, being weird, bolo ties. It's, as usual, a Pony great up. episode. Pony up. <laughs> Buckle up, too. <laughs> Stick around for more. Heads in the Cloud. With your hosts, David Portnowitz and Graham Potter. We have a special co-host today. Just stepping in. The yeah, kind of hard to fill Ed those McMahon shoes. Ed McMahon. Of the heads of the cloud. John Roth is yeah. here with us today. For those of you who may not remember, John was like our maybe one of our first guests on Heads in the Cloud. It was the highest rated podcast you've ever had, I believe. Yeah, it's especially what I, in Japan. In my mind, I think that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. I'm not sure. So John is one of our SVPs of sales, uh, and he is one of my close friends here at Star to Star. And we uh-huh. have a, we also do a video podcast for, or I, I would say a video vlog for our uh, partners. And uh, John's joining us today because Graham can't be in the office today. So welcome, John. Thank you very much, David. It's, it's an honor to be sitting here. And we've got a great interview lined up with Dave Gilbert. Uh, of the Dave Gilbert band? Dave Gilbert, who of the many titles. He's got yes, a lot of like a CEO, title, storyteller, author, hat man. We'll, we're going to get into that later. Yeah. And Dave came to us from Michael Cromwell, who we had on a few weeks ago, um, and who I actually just met in person. Michael was here in our office the other day, so that was nice to see him. Did I but, meet him? I don't know. He was walking around with uh, Michelle. I don't know if you met him or not. I don't think I did. Really nice guy, but uh, uh, as we call him, Cromwell was here, and he recommended we talk to Dave, who was actually one of the founding members of, I think, pretty much started Simple Signal. Yes. And then he got bought by Vonage, and then when he left Vonage, he helped start the Cloud Communications Alliance, a CCA, um, which we are a member of. And, a real uh, pioneer. Yeah, he is. Goes way back. Interesting backstory, too. He went to, like, seminary school and he was like in like yeah. the, had a degree in like theology yes and ends up in telecommunications which is odd i uh i don't know how those two things correlate we'll find out maybe one you talk to god and one you talk to anybody you want because you following you know well you, you talk to god and it's like you don't get choppy it's <laughs> like you get a clear connection right you it's, can't talk to god over dsl you can't no that, no, that would be difficult you, yeah have a little you know a little jitter there probably <laughs> You'd be a little jittery. <laughs> so, John, what's what's been going on in your world? Not a whole lot. No? You had any good sandwiches recently? I, you know, I had a sandwich yesterday, and it was just a lot of bread and not a whole lot of meat. Yeah, the the ratio yeah. is really important. But I heard you I had think a really kinda, good tuna I, melt, though, recently. Oh, my tuna melt. I, I, that's the best tuna melt ever. I actually had a tuna melt today. Oh, wow. Two tuna yeah. melts. Oh, yeah. That's one of my... I don't even know what it, what a tuna melt is. Could it's, you educate uh, me? Well, it's... Like tuna salad, and they put actually a piece of cheese on it, like a, you know what a patty melt is? It's just tuna salad in there in place of the ground beef. Do you have anything on top of that, or any uh, accoutrement? Uh, some grilled onions. Oh, nice. And it's grilled nicely on a sourdough bread. How is the ratio of the bread to the? Tuna? Uh, it's it's perfect. Yeah. It's actually better than yeah. And we heard I heard producer Les also enjoys the tuna melt. Les is uh, we are big fans of the tuna melt. We are. We think it's the best tuna melt in, uh, we know, in all of this the county. Zip the zip code. Right, near the office. 
places that have two. Yeah, within like a mile of the office, that's the best tuna melt there is. Yeah, and that's from our friends over at Craigers. Yes, you know them. They should be a sponsor They're, of the podcast. I think they should. Do they have a loyalty program? Because you, they, you, they do not. You, they, they do they not. Did. Let's don't get that conversation going because they don't. Yeah, I don't think you're actually allowed to come there anymore because you brought I have that not, up. No, I have not been banned. You've not been banned officially. You just kind of get heckled when you yeah, do come in. I do get a lot of which is fun. I do get it's a lot always of, fun uh, to watch. A, a lot of uh, stares from the, from the wait staff. Yeah, but that's not unusual, you know. Well, you're you're a little feisty. Yeah, you're a little feisty. I like, I like to that. poke the bear. You like to poke the bear. Absolutely. Guess where we sat today? Where did you sit? In the steel seat. What does that mean? The seat up front has got a benches. You sit up and it's you lean back and it sounds like a seal. Was, am I true? Can I, it, can, less, I get, yeah. can I get a, 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 a rendering of this sound? No, I, I don't make a seal sound. Like it was like a barking seal? Yeah, kind of like a... Ur, 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 ur. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Did it yeah. have that label, the seal seat? No, oh. no. It's it's you got to know where you you got to know where to sit the <laughs> seat the... and where to get to find it. That's yeah. gold, Jerry. And I, that's 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 gold. <laughs> yeah. That, Ed that, McMahon. That's my Ed, Ed McMahon. McMahon. Ed McMahon. Yeah. Is that a horse, Ed McMahon? No, he was actually a very very tall sidekick oh, for Mr. Johnny Ed. Carson. Yeah. Ed. I get that. I don't know where Ed McMahon ever came from to be a sidekick of Johnny Carson. Should we he, ask Les? He had no known talent. He did not, but he wore a suit <laughs> nicely, didn't he? He he, did. he cleaned he up well. He was a clothesboy. He was a, a yes, a yeah. large clothesboy. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. He was just yeah. What yeah. about Mister Ed? Did he have any talent? Uh, he was talking. He was talking horse. Well, I mean, he was a talking horse. That was his talent. Isn't that talent enough? A horse that can talk. <laughs> Where do you need to go here, David? <laughs> Trying to elevate that? Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, it's talking a, a horse, horse that could talk. You could ride it. You could talk. Where did that come from, Ed McMahon? Mr. Ed, I don't know. I, I, listen, okay. I'm not good with things that happened like in the '60s or '50s. I don't know. I wasn't around then. You weren't? No. Okay. When was that? Like '58? I have, I have socks your age. I swear, <laughs> in my drawer there. Yeah, you, you young kids. Yeah. All right, this conversation. I think we need to bring on Dave. What do you think? Let's bring on Dave. Should we call him up? Let's call him. Ring, ring. Hello, Dave. All right, we'd like to welcome to the show now Dave Gilbert. Dave is a CEO, entrepreneur, executive coach, storyteller, and author. That's a lot of titles, Dave. But welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm busy. <laughs> and you're enjoying some beautiful weather right now in uh, Southern California. Yeah, San Clemente. San Clemente. Bad, bad place to be. Have you ever been to San Clemente, John? I have not. I've been to L.A. I've been to San Diego. I've been to Irvine. Ooh. So uh, I don't know. Where is San Clemente in conjunction with Irvine? Because Irvine is south of L.A., correct? Yes. Yeah, and there's an airport in Irvine. So we're about 20 minutes. That's about 20 minutes north. 20 minutes on a good day, right? I mean, I always, yeah. the only thing I hear yeah. about Southern California is bad traffic. That's what everyone yeah. complains about. So. That is that is true. Yep. So, Dave, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, what you've been doing, and sort of how you acquired so many titles? Yeah. So, I just sort of acquired titles because I'm <laughs> a risk taker and I just kind of try new things whenever I can see it. And that was really how I got into communications. I didn't know the first thing about telco. I didn't work at a, any kind of a communications company, but I did see that there was this opportunity that could change the world. We could take on telco and disrupt it. 
as it turned out, we were just a little disturbing, but it was still a really fun ride for those 12 years that we did Simple Signal together. And what, in what years was that? So we started in 2004 and then Vonage bought us in 2015. How big was Simple Signal at, at its peak? Well, you know, one of the things that they said about us when they got under the hood is you're only this big, you look much bigger. And I said, yeah, I mean, that's the whole idea. It was all about marketing. So, so yeah, big in what way? Well, just in terms of, yeah, people. So we had about a hundred people together at that time and um, spread all over the United States. So we were definitely a virtual remote company as much as we were in Denver. So we based it in Denver because in 2004, I couldn't find any voice engineers that knew how to do VOIP because that was really new stuff. It was like, put the voice over the net. Are you kidding me? Right. So we, uh, we struggled through that beginning of that technology. And one of my friends who happened to be a founder of Level 3 said, I know where there's a lot of great voice engineers. And so you need to put this company in Denver. And I said, I live in San Clemente, California, man. I am not moving to Denver. <laughs> and, uh, and so he said, then I guess you just don't care enough about this. And I said, yeah, I do. Uh, there's airplanes. Let's make that work. So from the beginning, we went down that road and I was commuting to Denver every two weeks for the rest of my life, it felt. Mm. And uh, it was fun. It was a, a great journey and uh, something that was worth developing, I, I guess. And so how did the sort of acquisition by Vonage, so where, where did that come from? Did they reach out to you? Was that something that, was that sort of always the, what you expected the outcome to be was to be acquired or were, were there many possibilities on the table? Yeah, okay, so a little bit of the backstory on that one. So we were really struggling to grow because it was taking more and more money to make it all happen. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I realized after reading this really great book, it's a book called The Hard Thing About Hard Things, and it's written by Ben Horowitz. Uh, you've probably mm -hmm. heard of Horowitz and Andreessen. Absolutely, yes. <clears throat> so anyway, I, I read this thing, and there was a chapter in there that said, how do you know when it's time to sell your company? And we just fit that chapter exactly. We couldn't ever become number one. We were sitting in a sea of red. And there were just things after that that sort of made me say, I guess it's time for us to sell. So, and I said that sadly, because it felt like a give up. But what I didn't know was that this was about to become a synergistic move. And when Vonage came to us and said, hey, we're interested in your company, it was like a dream come true for me because Vonage was seminal in my thinking about forming this company. I, I got myself into a room at Vaughn. Do you remember the Vaughn conferences back then? Maybe John would. I, I don't. V O N. Okay. Yeah, anyway, they and it was voice over the net, right. which is where Vonage came from. And um, and so anyway, Vonage was they they're very helpful in that time about helping me wrap my head around what was coming and how I could be a part of that. And so ultimately we went down the business road, Vonage went down the residential road and they came to us in 2015 and said, Hey, we are way behind in this business side mm -hmm. and you guys seem to be cutting edge. 
let's talk. Um, they started rolling up Broadsoft service providers and they chose us to be one of those. So that's the journey from there. That's really nice. It was something I saw in there was, uh, was reading through your information, Dave, and it was something in there about when you first started out, you were trying to basically take the SIP traffic, the, the VoIP over DSL. Yeah. I think you said failed miserably. Oh yeah, that was so bad. But you know that was what? painful, T- wasn't it? Yeah, T ones were like yeah. more than a thousand dollars, and so they just didn't scale. In order for us to to carry it out reliably, to carry it out with good voice quality, because things like echo cans had not yet been invented. Things right. like you know, how do you stop jitter and chop when you're in a subscribe oversubscribed line? You know, these were the kinds of things that were vexing us. That and then the fraud pieces. You know, we got into our, some really bad stuff with level three because we were using them and um, and they were unable to help us control that fraud. And so in 15 minutes, we had a $10,000 bill. Mm. You know, it was just ridiculous in those days. But these were all things that we ultimately struggled together to get over not just our team but our co-opetition which were other broadsoft switches we banded together and created this really cool kind of support group where the ceo and the cto would go and fly to a place in the united states and meet with six other teams that were kind of all in the same soup and we just traded secrets and worked on each other's problems. And we basically helped each other survive. And that became the Cloud Communications Alliance, which is still continuing today and has an amazing impact on this industry. Of which so, we are a member, too, of the CCA. Yes, yeah, star, star, star. Yeah. Oh. And that's where – and the funny thing is CC, the CCA is where we met – first time we met Blueface, which is a company we merged with at the beginning yeah. of this year. So the CCA – was has been very beneficial to us and we've obviously had uh, great meetings there we've learned a lot there and alan foy who's our ceo was very instrumental in helping bring the cca over to europe um, yeah and so uh there's some nice synergies there yeah and i still remain a part of it it's just been such a amazing blessing in my life to have those people around me are you going down to the event in uh miami in a few weeks or two weeks yeah i'll see in a week, yeah. yeah I'll, see, next week, yeah. I'll see you there next week if you're there. <laughs> I won't be there, but uh, we'll have. Well, I think well, I think a couple of our folks will be there for some CCA stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. Go, go so ahead. some of the things that was uh, I was thinking about the DSL trying to run the VoIP or it was just a, a nightmare in the day. In this day and time, with the you know the proliferation of like more bandwidth, less expensive. I mean, th- those obstacles today are kind of knocked down. Do you see that, or is yeah. that is that kind of your thoughts as well? Well, as we predicted back in 2004, this thing would ultimately get the bugs worked out. We'd get better at it. We'd figure out how to stop, you know, crappy connections and dropped calls and all of those things. And at the same time, be able to carry software-like usability into the solution that we were selling. It wasn't just about voice. It was about an outcome that we were selling and how we could integrate into software. So our, one of our first projects was to try to figure out how we could put voice into salesforce.com. And that sort of set us on a path that ultimately became that differentiator for us. Yep. And it was all about integrating with software. So um, now that pipes are fatter 
and we're dealing with things like being able to put it over, you know, 4G, for instance, Absolutely, 5G. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to change everything again because now we're talking about Volte, right? Exactly. So, yeah. so that's that's what was so exciting to me five years ago is, oh my gosh, can we build a virtual PBX using the cell phone as the handset? And so if we could do that, just think about how that changes the picture for people. And um, ultimately then we did things like figure out who was using an important, that's such an important thing, who is using that connection and how do we track that so that we can free people to be able to work from home and that their managers don't think that people who work from home aren't working. So that became a, a, a piece of software called ProtoScore that I'm a part of too. And, uh, and that's what, one of the things that's changing us right now. And what does ProtoScore do? ProtoScore is a productivity measurement tool that at the end of the day gives you a score for how productive you were wherever you were working. So in other words, you look at the applications that the person is supposed to be in and you can see if they were really in there. Did they send messages, you know, whether that's text or email? Did they do conference calls? Did they do their work inside of the applications that they were supposed to be using? And then if they do well, they get a number. And then you can gamify that number among other remote workers. Actually, it works inside of cubes. It measures people anywhere they're working. But it is true that what we found is that the remote worker is far more productive than the worker that's sitting inside of a cube. And that is a lot to do with interruptions yeah. and the fact that a cube worker goes home and forgets about work, where a remote guy returns to it at night or on the weekends. And they put in a lot more hours at the end of the day. It's really been an amazing thing to show. That'd be the opposite for me. I'm terrible at home. I'm I, like, I, if I go I home, am, I'm like, but I guess maybe, well, maybe I, I that's. I get that. I get that because it's like when you walk, I used to have a, I would close my den door. Yeah. When I was working remote, and that was the end of my day. I, yeah. Because I wouldn't be looking. As soon as I'd walk by it, I'd have to go and check and make sure that everything is. I would say really focus remotely. So yeah. you're just the opposite, David. Well, like when I'm home, I I struggle to focus. I'm like got two young a million kids, things. Right? Well, but yeah. I, forget the kids. It's just yeah. like a million things are yeah. going on. It's just I don't know. I, I'd have yeah, to. You, I think I'd have to have an office at home to really yeah. make it successful. So yeah, that ask, is true. So let me ask you a question, Dave. Is it basically personality type that'd be better working remotely? I think it has something to do with it because some people like working alone. For me, I love working with people. I want to be with a team because that team energizes me. But it distracts me too. So if I've got a job I just need to hone in on, then I will retreat into my home and sit down at my desk there so that I'm not as distracted. So I can focus on some deep work, you know, that kind of stuff. But in general, I prefer working with people and working in a collaborative process. I saw something else I read about you. So basically, it's like you embrace the weirdness in people. Yeah, that's that? What, that was one of our cultural values. And, uh, and those were very important to me. So, yeah, if a person's weird, it depends on if they're weird good or if they're weird bad, right? So it just depends on how weird they really are. But we embrace the differences in each other. We 
look for ways to encourage them in those differences and to reward them for being different, especially when that comes out in terms of uh, exemplifying our other core values. You know, so being compassionate, being collaborative, those are a couple of, of things that I think are, are very valuable and sometimes come out in a weird kind of way. So being careful with people, I think, is the biggest part. But how do you measure the weirdness? Like, in, like if you're, is that in the app? <laughs> is that part of ProtoScore? <laughs> you don't know it until you see it. But when you see it, you know it. You know. So. But I mean, I think I think that's uh, honestly that's a little bit about kind of who we are too. At start to start, I think everybody, I think the whole company is a little quirky. You know, like from the name to the how we call our products to the people. I think, and so yeah. one of the things that I think we have tried to do is sort of embrace that quirkiness. Because I think it makes you unique. It makes you you're different. It sort of it helps you stand out. Um, you know, where the product, the price, everything is being commoditized. I think it. I think anything that can lend to your uniqueness or to your to your more naturalness or or, or even yeah. something that's not artificial. I think is really important. I, I guess I'm looking for the word authentic. I couldn't find yeah. that word, but there it is. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> and that's right. Because we when we're in our authentic self, we're in our genius. And that's what I love to encourage because some amazing ideas come from that, especially in a collaborative and in an atmosphere where people care about each other and accept new and not just say, hey, that wasn't invented here. We're not doing it that way. So, yeah, I love creating environments. I encourage entrepreneurs to create environments that really rely on the weirdness of the people around them. I look at some of the people that are actually with Star to Star and, and- – yeah, we have some we have some quirky people, and I think that that we do kind of we we cheer that on a little bit, you know, wear that flag. You're a little weird in certain areas, and but that's where you like you say you do give them rewards based on that behavior, and you take that individuality that they have, and let's team it with another higher quality that someone else might have, and team them together, and it's like phenomenal things can come from that. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I, I loved about Simple Signal was that we looked for that, and by rewarding it, I, I think that that means that we actually caught people in a in a good kind of way. You usually catch people doing something bad, right? But this is catching somebody doing something good or living in their weirdness and and exemplifying what it is that we want from a person who works at Simple Signal. So we would create this culture of recognition around these kind of things and we'd make a big deal of it in our daily huddle so we gathered the entire company all hands every morning for a 10-minute meeting where we talked about okay what went wrong yesterday what did we break and then what do we do great kind of a roses and thorns report and then oh yeah hey it's Susie's birthday today everybody say happy birthday to Susie and ready break it was sort of like homeroom in, in high school, you know. How do you keep that culture, though, in a company that, you know, you can do it. To me, look, I think that's great. You can do it in a company of 50, 70, even up to 100 people. But how do you do that in a company of 300, 400, 500,000, 10,000 people? I think that's difficult to emulate that culture when you're talking about so many people. So I know one of your things you're really, you're really keen on is, the, is, is building that culture. So how do you do that on a, on a larger scale? Yeah, we were not going to say no to that. So we pulled in everybody that was remote on video. 
you know, and they had each had a little square on the screen, sure. big giant, giant screen. And so it felt to us that we were actually extending our culture to the remote workers, which was really important for us. And then the other part to that is that it does scale. I tried to convince Alan Masarek at Vonage that you can do this with 1,100 employees. It's just a matter of everybody sits down and looks at their monitor or those who are actually in Homedale could find themselves in the, in the big uh, cafeteria area mm-hmm. and that could be lit up with screens. You can make it happen, but it has to be an initiative that you do and not wait for your once a quarter all hands meeting to make announcements, but these are real time. It's, it's, a, it's a whole nother way of thinking about uh, business velocity that can happen and change because we're all in the same place and we know exactly where the company is and we celebrate wins, we cry over losses and we pick it back up and do it again the next morning. And we do that with each other with basically virtually our arms around each other. And so when, when a company lives like that, it's just a lot of fun to work at. And engagement was so high for us. And when I hear about companies that have churn, I know exactly what they need to do. <laughs> Which is what? Which is that to learn to, to accept things like we just talked about, weirdness, to accept each other's um, differences in mm-hmm. a compassionate kind of way. And then sometimes compassion extends to a point where you know that person doesn't fit anymore. And so you have to compassionately help them save their dignity as you're helping them either find another place in the company or go find another place to work. And um, those were some of my most difficult days as the CEO having to do that. But, um, but it's all part of growing a company that, that matters, growing a company that works. So I got my idea, Dave. It's, so you're having this one, this huddle every morning. Do they have different hats based on their weirdness? Wouldn't that be a cool idea? Well, they would think my hats were weird, yeah. No, I think they all have a hat on based on their weirdness, and it would kind of like, that's part of your app. You could project it over like a a hologram. Didn't George Costanza try that? The many moods of George Costanza. You wore like a different shirt. Yeah, yeah, it it sounds like a social media thing, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But you have a very extensive hat collection. That's what I've been told. How many hats? Yeah, so people ask me that, and every once in a while I have to ditch hats. You know, they're they're getting old and stuff. But right now I think I'm uh, something north of forty and south of fifty. And are these like baseball caps, or there's any types of hats, or is there no? There's a whole bunch of those. There's a whole bunch of those. I'm just talking about the fedoras. Oh, just the fedoras! Oh my goodness! So you've got like different different levels of hats. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, gonna, sure, we, we, this needs its own podcast, The Hats of Dave. Kind of weird. Are they like different storage? Yeah, there we Do go. Do you have them in different parts of your house and they all displayed? <laughs> or No, they're just kind of stacked, you know, like you'd see in a hat shop. Just strewn about. So, do, you have a, do you have a cowboy hat? You know, that was just asked of me by yours, you know, your, your previous guest, Mike Cromwell. Oh, yeah, my, our buddy Mike Cromwell, yeah. Yeah, so tomorrow I fly to Dallas and we're going to go to this charity event he said hey do you have a cowboy hat and i said no that's the one thing i decided i wasn't going to do so uh no now you have to get one now you have to get a cowboy hat. yeah i I might end up leaving texas with a cowboy hat oh i think that would be awesome you gotta get one of those big hat cases too you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 (laughs) but they charged charged me an extra piece of luggage for that so uh i think there's another way around that Mm, well you don't want to put a cowboy hat in a suitcase 
Yeah. Just wear it no. the whole time, Dave. Wear it back <laughs> on the plane and stuff. Sometimes I've actually had to stack my hats on my head to get on the plane. Wow. So, God, would I pay to see that? <laughs> I bet people think, oh, there's some weirdness yeah, going on some, down the. Let's down. embrace yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's embrace this guy. Look at him. Oh, uh, yeah. That's incredible. You know, I think it's super cool that you got the hat collection. I think I it's, do too. I think it's something unique. Um, it gives you something to look for if you travel and. Um, you know, I think it's something that you should, I, I, I like that. I wish I had something like, what, what should I do, John? Um, how about yo-yos? <laughs> yo-yo collection, David. It's, yeah. You know, the problem with the yo-yo is the string often gets very, you know, it, it gets. But you don't take them out of the boxes. You leave them like in the box. Oh, so you want me like, to, just like a yo-yo I like don't touch. Well, you can. Yeah, you could touch them. But I don't know. I have to give that some thought. Maybe on the next episode, you can come back with an idea for me. I have a yo-yo collection. Oh, you do have a yo-yo I do, you. yeah. No, I thought you collected fishing rods. I do that, too. Oh, okay. I'm pretty weird. <laughs> I got some weirdness going on. Like, yeah. You would fit. Yeah. You, so, you fit. So, Dave, you said you got some travels coming up. Where where can people find you over the next few weeks? Well, okay. So, I'll be with Cromwell working on a a new idea that we have that relates to podcasting and kind of doing exactly what we're talking about here. You guys inspired us. Well, if you have a podcast, you better have, you better have the the heads in the cloud guys on. Uh, You bet. It's all reciprocal. Perfect. So, uh, so yeah, then uh, beyond that, then we're going to take off and go down to uh, basically Miami, Hollywood, Florida, where the Broadsoft crew has gathered. And so we'll start with the CCA meeting. And then move into Broadsoft Connections and see what that looks like. Yeah, because it was one year ago that they announced that they were going to become part of Cisco, as you know. Yeah, so. and uh, that has been an interesting year, I would say, for Broadsoft and their partners and Cisco. I think, I think it's been a lot of learning for for everyone in that in that space. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, what a big change. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. And we so we have one last question. We always like to ask our guests. And perhaps, perhaps you know what it is, but do you have any pets? Yes. Yes. What do you got? I have a, I have a big furry dog. Big. What kind of dog? No, no, no. We have to, what, <laughs> you should guess what kind of dog it okay. is. A big furry dog. Big uh, furry dog. A lopso opso. <laughs> that would be unusual. No. Not that. <laughs> I, I don't know dogs too well. John, you know dogs. Uh, German Shepherd. No. Not right. a German Shepherd. All right. Just tell us. What just tell is. us. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mix between a border collie and a lab. Oh, I like that. And what's the name of this of this fine dog? Sadie. Sadie. Sadie, oh, that's the, Sadie the dog. Nice. And, and you, yeah. you just have the one dog, Sadie? Yeah. Limiting my pets these days. Oh, man. I wish we needed to see a picture of Sadie. Oh, yeah. I'll send you a picture of Sadie. For Does sure. she wear any hats? <laughs> <laughs> she will not. Oh, you need okay. to get the dog a fedora. That is yeah. a good idea. Maybe I can make that work somehow. Well, that's you got to go the social media here, Dave. You got to get the the dog on there with a hat and a pair of glasses. I think or, a yeah. nice yeah. Twitter pic would be you and the dog, same hat, like a matching <laughs> yeah, type of thing. That would be Dave and Sadie. Yeah. You would you know elevate. You, you would elevate your level of weirdness happen. with that, Dave. Listen, with the yeah. podcast coming up with you and Cromwell, you need to get that dog a hat. I'm telling you right now. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I, I'm good. just determined it's just going to be Gilbert. Gilbert? Yeah. It's Gilbert. We're not going to say Dave Gilbert because we just said the other guy, Cromwell. Oh, yeah. Just, just like one name. Gilbert yeah. and Cromwell. It sounds like a comedy duo. Gilbert and Cromwell. <laughs> from, like the, from like the 60s. It was. Gilbert and Cromwell. Wasn't it? 
Les? Yeah. We all look at Les. Gilbert, yeah. and, Sullivan. Gilbert and Sullivan, Gilbert and Les, yeah, you're Cromwell. a resident yeah. older person. Vera, yeah. Uh, Gleason and Jackie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we digress. But well, uh, Dave, thanks so much for giving us time today. We really appreciate it. Uh, safe travels down to Dallas. Tell Michael we said hello. And uh, hopefully we'll see you down in uh, Fort Lauderdale or Hollywood for the uh, CCA meeting. And I'd like to yes. see your, your hat that you're going to walk out of Texas with. Oh, yeah. Make sure we see that cowboy hat. We yeah. see that. All right. All right. <laughs> well, looking forward to meeting up with you guys. All right. So, talk soon. Thanks again for thanks, Dave. letting me be part of it. All right. All right. Take care. Bye. See ya. This episode is sponsored by VTech. When you choose Star to Star and VTech for your communication needs, you get more than just a phone system. You're building a relationship with two telecommunications market leaders. No matter what your communication needs, VTech offers a comprehensive and diverse portfolio of desktop, mobility, and conference devices that scale from small offices to enterprise-level corporations. Peace of mind is important to you, and that's why VTech supports your business and star-to-star with North America-based support professionals that truly understand your market to give you the support you need. To learn more about partnering with star-to-star and VTech, visit star-to-star.com and vtechphones.com. That was a really good interview with Mr. Gilbert. That was fantastic. Yeah, he was he was uh, a level of weirdness there. I like that. I, I, I am, really do. Embrace I, uh, that. I think I kind of think he was being a little coy on his hat collection. Yeah, I I think he's probably got his house filled with yeah, hats. Yeah, I would like to see Every, a picture. Yeah, yeah, the whole closets are filled. When you wear like baseball caps, he's like, oh, I have those. Those that's a different. I mean, he's, that's a different area of the yeah. house. I was thinking about, remember I asked you if there's something I, sh- I should collect. What about bolo ties? Bolo ties? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Bow ties? No, 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 bolo. What the heck's a bolo tie? What do you mean, what's a bolo tie? It's like B- a... Spell that, B-O-L-O? I mean, I don't know how to spell. You don't know how to spell? I mean, someone could Google it and show us a picture. Les, can you Google that? Show John? What, what's a bolo? Well, Les was Googling. He actually also looked up the fact Mr. Ed was around 1958 to 1966. Yeah. Eight years of a talking horse. He was pretty talented for a horse that could really talk. Yeah, definitely. We got a picture of Bolo tie. Here we go. Oh, I see. A One of those. Tie, I got yeah. you. So you'd wear that with the cowboy hat that Dave's going to get in Texas next week. Yeah, he inspired me when he was getting a cowboy hat. I thought about something that would be cowboy esque in this Bolo tie. Why don't we get some of those? Wouldn't it be a great star to star branding in the middle? I had Just a start something. Wear them around your shirt like you have just a you know a Nike nice time. yeah. I had a, a college professor. I can't remember the course it was. It was early in the morning. I know that and I didn't I didn't pay attention much. Um, it was a he wore bolo tie every to every class. Well, see the guy that actually was in Waterboy, that was the professor that had the bolo tie. No, that was Colonel Sanders, <laughs> but he wore one too, didn't he? Colonel Sanders has a bolo tie. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think I don't know if all the iterations of Colonel Sanders have had a bolo tie? You know, there's like Reba McIntyre was recently Colonel Sanders. You know, I think so. Colonel Sanders has. I, I don't want to say anything, but no, no, next no. week I'm going to be a Colonel Sanders <laughs> on a commercial. They, they, yeah. <laughs> they they reached out to you. Yeah, they did. Because it's about, like everybody. It's like how many Colonel Sanders can they you heard get? about you yeah. and the tuna melt, and they were like, "We got to get this guy." Yeah. Well, they yeah. They listened to they the first me half up. Of they the tapped me, tapped me from the bench. Yeah, they pulled me right up. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I think Dave, interesting guy. I went. We I don't know how we got from the hats to the uh, the bolo ties, but anyways, um, really interesting guy. And 
super fascinating if you talk to him sort of outside of I mean he's got so many stories of this industry and growing up in this space and and sort of coming along when everything was being born I mean I think you're laughing about the DSL trying to run VoIP over DSL I know that <laughs> it's just, just like funny stories also I didn't realize that Vonage came from like voice over net did you know where that yeah. came from yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know I'm, I don't know anything well, I don't I don't know why I'm employed here why do people pay me anything for this? Because you're a talented man. No. What if I start wearing we a bolo tie? your weirdness. You think if I start wearing a bolo tie, people would pay I think more. if you wear a bolo tie, I think that would people lock would you down securely. <laughs> you're, you're, you're pretty much, I mean, you're like, in the money uh, then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, retirement. Why don't you wear a 10-gallon hat too? Oof. Wouldn't that be like? That seems really hot on my head. You know, the, the heat escapes from the top, and I don't like to be like hot and sweaty. So I think that would be a problem you ever see anybody that actually you take their hat off that they have and they've worn it for years they literally they are going bald why is that because i'm not getting the sun to it and yeah it's the natural. sun helps the hair grow well i i think it's part of it the carotene the carotene <laughs> that's a carrot isn't it it's a carrot in a tin. The carotene is in, a in carrot? Box. Okay. Carrot in a tin box, yeah. Carrot in a tin box. <laughs> you are, do you have those in a collection at home? No, I don't. Do you collect tin boxes? No. That would be awful weird if you actually said that, <laughs> like buttons. My grandma used to collect salt and pepper shakers. Did she have the Publix ones with the little uh, Thanksgiving? No, my grandma would just take them from restaurants, and that would be her that collection. That was called theft. I know. Yeah, that's we right. always she'd always come. Did home she have and, Alzheimer's? Um, no, she was pretty. She, she was, was pretty it. lucid, just yeah. like she would just take salt and pepper shakers. Yeah, and she, she always nabbed the tip. Yeah, she took the tip too. Oh, she would not let you tip more than two dollars, even because she just had no concept of that. It was. I like to meet in her, her day. Yeah, she's, Can we get her on the podcast? She's passed away. Oh, okay. God. R.I.P. Yeah, I miss her. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. I, I don't know how we got to that one. Just, <laughs> just a collection of hats we went around and You brought up your grandma. I got a feeling in Dave Gilbert's garage is full of hats. You open it up and it's like the hats start to topple over. When I was a kid, I wanted to. I had a, a dream to collect um, a hat. Like a like a like a baseball cap, with every letter, you know, like A for the Atlanta Braves. And, you could spell stuff. And sp- well, I didn't want to spell. I just wanted to have like you know in my room like a shelf with all the hat like A B C D. I thought it'd be really cool. Did you? I don't know, was there I don't a team how... called the Zebras with a Z? What was the Z? But no, I you know I didn't get to all twenty six, but I did get a handful, and I had like a Z that I had found somewhere. I think it'd be a lot easier now because like there's internet, and you could just go search for a hat with a letter on it. Well, how were you doing it? I was I was um, driving around. Well, I was going to flea markets. Young uh, whippersnapper, probably like ten. So I don't think I was driving around. Uh, I don't know. Skateboarding or uh, how do you go look for hats with? Whenever I would go to a baseball game. Oh, okay, okay. So okay, now that makes sense. Now I thought you were just going out looking for like in a trash can. Not anywhere. Dumpster diving for hats. Goodwill. Goodwill. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know. I'm looking forward to see Dave Gilbert in his bolo tie and, cowboy and his hat. cowboy hat. He'd look good. I think he would look good. I would not look Um, I tried a cowboy hat on when I was in Utah last year. It was not you a know good what? I, I'm, my, my face is like round enough, and yeah. I think that cowboy hat would just accentuate that even yeah. more. And yeah. I would gain 10 pounds on the camera just in my face. 
with a cowboy hat. That didn't make any sense. I know. <laughs> Embrace me. Embrace the weirdness. All right. That's it. Thank you. That's all we got. Stay tuned for next episode with special guest to be next. Thank you. <laughs> all right. For heads of the cloud, I'm David Portnoy. It's Gun Rock. See you next time. See you.